Shana and Erica. Um, we're all seniors in the Rio Americano Civitas program, and um, we're doing a podcast for our senior project to educate the population on different social and political topics that are happening in our country. And um, our, first, our first topic is healthcare. Okay, so the main uh, purpose of us doing this podcast is technically we kind of want enga- to engage uh, with the younger uh, community, and we thought the best way possible in doing this is by creating a podcast um, that'll just kind of like create a certain viewpoint like from the youth to the youth, and we thought that it would kind of be a lot more beneficial if um, people like the youth and young adults were able to hear it um, on a more relatable perspective compared to those who have been, like, um, I guess, like, studying it for, like, a really long time or just, you know. Like, you know, like those in the mainstream media who have been kind yeah, of like at the top. Like, yeah, like, it'll, it'll be a little bit more relatable and kind of, like, down to the <laughs> same sort of level of perspective and stuff like that. So that was just kind of the whole purpose of this thing. And our first topic of discussion is... Healthcare. healthcare. Okay. What? <laughs> Come on, Wyatt. Okay. <laughs> our first topic of discussion is yeah, healthcare. Yeah, our first topic is going to be healthcare. Um, Erica, do you want to... I s- could do like a little quick, brief recap of what healthcare is. Yeah. Please. So healthcare or healthcare is... <laughs> that's what this says. I'm sorry. Is the maintenance or improvement of health via the prevention, diagno- diagnosis, and treatment <coughs> of disease, illness, injury, and or physical and mental impairments in people. Yeah, so um, the main topic of our discussion is gonna be sort of why the American healthcare system is so broken in this modern age. And I think, I mean, this is just my opinion, but like, I think the root cause of why our healthcare system has so many problems that it does and like is just like very inefficient is due to the fact that it's for profit and that, you know, there's a handful of big corporations at the top that have been managing the healthcare and like wellness of the people in this country for a very long time and um yeah that that too I mean like even if it's for profit that would mean that a lot of the benefits would try to go towards like one group of people it wouldn't necessarily be like oh you know I just want to do it for the greater good of you know America or like America's citizens it's literally for profit so no, I feel yeah. like it's a lot of like emotions being played with and stuff like that and people not getting good benefits, I guess. Yeah, and I think like <clears throat> on a simpler level, it just it goes down to like, you know, just meeting like, you know, the basic necessities of human life, which a lot of people I mean, the United States is one of the most like developed countries in the world and a lot of people can't like can't even like afford to like go to the hospital like to like give birth or like to afford like their insulin prices or anything like that and it's ridiculous about like, how how expensive just like it is to like for just basic like bodily like functions that like everyone like has to deal with and stuff like that like certain things like certain things like especially giving birth like in the United States like if you don't have health insurance like it will set you back like at least like a few thousand dollars like it is not like a cheap thing to go through Access to healthcare impacts one's like overall physical, social, and mental health status, and they're basically overall their quality of life. And like Wyatt said, like the main barrier is like the high cost of healthcare, or having like no insurance or anything to cover any of your healthcare problems. 
Yeah, um, to kind of add on to Erica's point, I mean, like a lot of people will state the fact of like, oh, like certain countries that have universal health care, like the United Kingdom or Canada or Australia, more like, you know, Western developed countries that have universal health care, like they have to pay a high amount in taxes. But like people in those countries, like they get to pick their own doctors. They don't like and the taxes aren't like ridiculously high. Like I feel like a lot of like the main argument to like against universal health care is that like we would have to like, you know, pay an exorbitant amount of taxes, but that's not really the case. And especially like if the government were to like refinance certain things, especially things like military spending, which we like already like, we pay an exorbitant amount of taxes like to our military and to like the prisons. Like prison. No, yeah. yeah, like the prison system, especially like in California, like there hasn't been like a new university built in California for like like decades, but like, you know, there's always prisons popping up and there's always, especially private prisons, you know, like, that's always something that the government's giving money to, but we never really, like, find a way to subsidize, like, government health care. That is, that is quality health care. And even with, like, the health care that we have right now, like, we're already paying so much for, like, insurance and stuff like that, as well as, like, the cost for, like, medication. Like, it's, like, constantly rising almost every single day at this point. So, like... For us to be complaining about the fact that, oh, you know, our taxes are going to be raised by, like, a couple, like, percentage points or whatever, like, that doesn't compare to the fact that people are literally getting, like, kicked out of hospitals and not being given proper medication because of the fact that healthcare systems and, like, insurance companies are for-profit at this point. No, yeah, like, especially, I mean, people that live close to either, like, the U.S.-Mexico or, like, U.S.-Canada border, like, it is... For a lot of them that have conditions, like, it is a simple, like, fact of life that those people have to, like, cross the border to, like, you know, to get, like, the necessary care that, like, they need. And, um... Yeah, so, like, Shana was saying, like, the cost of healthcare is, like, so big, like, some people can't even get, like, the treatments they need. And, like, an example is, like, a heart disease or a stroke. Like, they're very expensive. So like, and it's one of the leading causes of medical bankruptcy. So health insurance and healthcare overall can help you avoid being stuck in these like large situations with like the medical bills and all that stuff. And it'll help you manage your health. Especially when people have like life-threatening diseases that like follow them throughout, you know what I mean? Like if someone is diagnosed with like cancer or like, like a lifelong, um, I guess, disease or illness that like they can't really it's not like there's a cure or anything like that. So for them having to like constantly be in the hospital and constantly have to pay for like yeah, like people that have like ongoing bills. conditions yeah. and stuff Rising. like that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah, and I think like um I think it also goes down to like a basic level of human ethics and like just like human morality that it, I don't think it's really like in my opinion it's not ethical to profit off of like the pain and suffering of other people that are like not in that are not in poor health like it's essentially I mean it's it is like essentially ripping off like the sick and the needy right like you should not have to there's no way that like you should have to like lose your house because like your mother has cancer because like you know someone has like an ongoing condition that is just like causing you like an exorbitant amount of money like there's no way that like that can be like morally justified in my mind and it's weird, though, too, because, like, if you look at it, like, on average, the United States compared to, like, other countries, I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of weird how the statistics line up because it's, like, 
we think we have the greatest healthcare system, but then if you look at it, there's like a lot of people that are still dying because of like these untreatable illnesses that they have because of the fact that they don't have readily available access to like a bunch of the medication that they need or like hospital care because like hospitals are like filling up with a bunch of people because a lot of them aren't even able to pay the hospital like bills no, to yeah, get themselves mm, out. Yeah, yeah. So and I, like, like I agree with Shana in the fact that um, it does go down to like also like medications are a big part of it. Like, I mean, I know, like, everyone likes to talk about, like, the insulin and stuff like that. And obviously, like, that's a big deal. But, you know, it's other things, like, how, like, you know, like, our teen pregnancy rate's going to rise, like, if birth control, like, you know, isn't, like, government-sanctioned and stuff like that. And what about, like, you know, the rise of, like, HIV and, like, certain certain STDs, like, syphilis and gonorrhea that, like, have, that are, like, you know, have been going down for a while that, like, are starting to, like, those rates of STDs are starting to skyrocket because... Like, people just can't get the access to, like, the medication that they need. And, like, a lot of, you know, like, preventable diseases like polio and stuff like that is coming back because, A, like, you know, vaccines aren't readily available to a lot of people in this country. And, B, a lot of people aren't choosing to vaccinate their kids, which is, you know, a public health concern in itself. Yeah. I don't know. I just – it's weird how our – healthcare system is honestly yeah. I mean like we we consider ourselves having the best simply because it's private corporations that are offering healthcare services and <laughs> medications to all these people for whatever the price may be um which for the for the most part it's expensive so like for them to pretty much sell to people the fact that they'd be able to support them with whatever um medical issue they may have regardless of it's like like you said like with stds or like teen pregnancies or even if it's like cancer or you know leukemia lymphoma or whatever the fact that we're constantly selling out these people essentially to gain profit for private business companies is just it's inhumane at this point yeah i agree it's inhumane i think it's inhumane it's unethical and it really can't be, like, justified in any moral sort of way. And a lot of people, you know, like, would argue that, like, with a, with a universal health care system, like, oh, like, I'm having to, like, pay for someone else's health care and stuff like that. But really, like, if, like... Everyone's paying for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Like, everyone's... Exactly. Like, everyone's paying for everyone. And, like, not even the fact of, like, oh, like, how do you know, like, that you're not going to get sick, like, yeah. in the future? Like you, like, you don't know the future. Like, you can't predict that. Like, one of... You were diagnosed with some like you horrible want like to pay for your exactly yeah like if like if you like what if like the market crashed or something like that like wouldn't and like you had an ongoing condition like wouldn't you want to still be like guaranteed like quality of life and stuff like that and yeah. you know I mean I, d- I just really don't think that like the way that we kind of like sell people out in this country is like ethical or moral in any sort of way and also kind of like one of the things that you don't really see like in a lot of other countries except for the United States is how we have like. You know how we have like medication commercials like on TV, like yeah, like yeah. like like they're like they're really flashy and there's like they're always like a lot of like you know like you can tell it's it's very fake, it's very like acted out, but like that's just something that you don't see in a whole lot of other countries, and it kind of just shows like how normalized, like essentially like paying for healthcare is. Like in another like in another country like that would be a very a very foreign concept, or even just like for like medications in general like when they try to promote like different medications in general it's like 
it's it's just a whole it's just advertising at this point it's not like for like genuinely helping individuals who like maybe suffering through those things you're pretty much just trying to sell to them the fact that oh don't worry you know this i can totally cure this blah 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 you just got to follow this or take this or do this and you'll feel better and then people start going away from like legitimate doctors and like health physicians that are telling them no you should stick to this and then that just affects the population negatively i think because not everyone is able to just like get on this weird medication that's being advertised and like oh you know just pay like me this exuberant amount of money and you'll pretty much be cured so now everyone's trying to hop off of like health insurance and stuff like that because they feel like the health insurance isn't giving them enough to help them with whatever condition they have and they're going to different other like private business owners who are pretty much just doing it for profit as well so it's like there's there's no like middle ground with with from like health insurance to like private investors it's literally just the two extremes and there's no like real solution for people who are suffering with like like issues like health issues no yeah and like to kind of add on to that like i was reading an article from um nbc and it was about this lady um her name is ali uh, mariota and she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in two, in uh, 2006 and she asked to like is mandated to inject herself with insulin up to 14 times a day. And um, this is a quote from her. It says, I have been rationing off and on for about a year now. And um, NBC stated that her copay for insulin is $10, but the price of the drug is $740. And on- honestly, like, that's like, how could any like working person like afford that? Especially if, the, yeah. if especially if there's someone that's making, you know, like, like a minimum wage job like your checks like that's like a paycheck yeah like 740 dollars like for a lot of people in america like working class americans that is a paycheck and like especially for people that have children and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like if somebody is drowning in debt and like is giving every like penny out of their paycheck to pay for like their health care their kids health care and a health care company insist that like they fork over the money and they pay up like that's there is there is like no moral way to like justify that in my opinion and like you were saying like how different people have like different situations like someone could have um like their mom or their dad could have like an illness and then they have children that they have to take care of and maybe they have like student debt for example that they also have to take care of so it's like like the normal i guess average paycheck won't really cover for all those costs that most people have to go through and even then some people don't have to handle those situations and some people do have to handle those situations so i feel like it's just kind of a really bad way to handle like people who are going through that kind of stuff so i'm going to say something really quick if you hear squeaking or stuff falling down it's white's chair (laughs) and shana's water bottle falling down so yeah, me bad, me bad. Okay, now. So um, another topic that we were going to bring up is the topic of employer-based healthcare, and that is like one of the main arguments also against a universal healthcare system that a lot of people like their employer-based healthcare, and that is something that like you know you have to consider if you're going to factor in like adopting a universal healthcare system. But like even for like just like speaking for myself, like 
my mom's a teacher, so that means like she's a teacher for the state of California, which means that my sister's healthcare, my dad's healthcare, and my healthcare is essentially all paid for. But but like anytime I go in, like it doesn't matter like if I'm going to my therapist or if I'm just going in for like a checkup or whatever. Like it's there's always a copay and yeah. stuff like that. Like it, mm-hmm. it like there it doesn't matter like where you go. Like there's always going to be like a thirty dollar copay, yeah. especially like at Kaiser. Like it's that's always like that. So. I would go to the dermatologist and it was like $20 copay for me, but I have insurance. But I started recently working at a clinic at a like uh, urgent care. So a lady came in and she didn't have insurance. So she had to pay like $120 just to get a physical done for her job. So that's like just one of the examples of like, in, like prices going up. No, yeah. And especially like, I mean, cause I've like, if I was like last year, I was like sick for a while and I had to get like prescribed antibiotics and stuff like that. And like that stuff's like, it's not cheap. Like you can get like the generic if you want to, but like overall, like you're still going to have to sit there and like fork over cash for like your medication, your medication and like your prescriptions and all that. Plus I feel like because it's not like an individual, um, health insurance, like plan or like policy or whatever, you're very limited to like your specific needs. Like if you have, like, I feel like for like pre-existing conditions, some, employer-based health like insurances they do cover it but when it comes to like specific like medications or like government like subsidies that you'd need it's pretty limited when it comes to employer-based and I feel like that's because they just kind of want to keep it like as neutral and as minimal and simplistic as possible for like all of their employees and it's like if you have a specific problem then it's like oh that's a you problem you have to go handle yeah, it yourself for sure yeah and also, um, one of the major topics that we were uh, going to touch on today is the opioid crisis, which obviously has been in the media a lot, like, this past year. And um, I know, like, Johnson & Johnson, like, a few months ago, like, the company that had, like, facilitated the sales of, like, Oxycontin and Oxycodone and all these major <coughs> pain medications that were prescribed to people, like, they were, um, they were like, being sued by, like, the federal government. And I think, also like, all of, like, like this whole conversation about healthcare really just boils down to like ethics and morality and the fact that like, you know, we've like, like we've known for years that like opium containing products or like opioid based medications are inherently addictive because they create like, they create, um, they lower the, like they lower your pain tolerance essentially. Mm -hmm. So like if someone is prescribed like Oxycontins or Percocets or whatever, like, if they're prescribed one of these medications, like the more that like, the more they, like the longer they have to use it for, the more the, they can become exactly the the higher the yeah. dose has to be exactly yeah, mm-hmm. because it like essentially, like if a person is not on like any opioids, they're not really feeling like a, like a lot of pain you know, but like if they get into a car accident or something and they're prescribed oxycotton like and they try to go off the oxycotton, that's why they have like withdrawals and they have just like you know, like physical sickness. And that's why people just become so dependent on opioids because like the withdrawal symptoms are just so like unbearable. Yeah. So later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about like the elections and how it's like affecting like politicians and stuff like that. But just like a quick, like adding on to what Wyatt said, nearly 64,000 Americans died from a drug overdose in 2016 alone. And that's just like what a couple years ago. And now it's like grown a lot more. And, like, the opioid overdoses accounted for more than 42,000 of those deaths. And more, like, it's just 
growing like you guys are saying like yeah it's not stopping it's a continuous yeah. problem and there's no real solution but however um in this article from the american hospital association the senate as of 2018 had passed an opioid crisis response act which i guess was the government's way of saying that you know we're trying to handle the situation um but it's pretty much putting like a lot more restrictions on like um I guess the influx of opium that's like coming into the United States. And even though it is like a good step in like the right direction by like limiting the amount of drugs such as opioids that are coming um, into the US, I feel like it's still kind of like not really solving the problem because technically if you're prescribed to take opium, then I feel like you shouldn't be limited to it because technically in prescribed amounts it's supposed to be good for you as a medication and as like a pain reliever but I feel like just limiting the amount you know what I mean like just limiting the amount of drugs essentially that are coming into the country isn't necessarily like, like you're a, talking about like, like illegally right yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Mm, yeah but like it's not technically gonna solve it's not really like cutting entirely. the head off the snake like it's yeah, yeah. it's not really like stopping like the problem like at its root cause that's just them saying like oh don't worry we've handled the situation but like no yeah and they like and they prescribe you know like opioids for things that like aren't you know like they like they just shouldn't be like prescribed for like remember like last year my dad got like his wisdom teeth pulled and like i told him i because like i knew that like they would probably like prescribe him something i Mm -hmm. told him i was like if they give you any opioids like if it says anything like percocet like oxycodone 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 anything like that like that you really like shouldn't take him not only the fact because like you can become really addicted like very easily but also like they just have like a lot of like negative like effects to your body and you can't like like if you're taking you know like like oxycontin or vicodin like for pain like even like legitimately legitimately you're not going to be able to like get in a car and like drive anywhere because like you're going to be like under the influence no matter how much no matter like how much pain you're in and and plus, I feel like the fact because they're so addicting and because it's constantly being prescribed to people for pain, I feel like it'd just be overly abused by different amounts of people. And I feel like that's just going to be a negative effect on people overall because it's like then more people would want all this medication. And then on top of that, if you don't have good health insurance or whatever, then it's just going to keep like adding up. Mm-hmm in debt pretty much because you're not able to pay off you know the need for you to get that sort of medication and that's why we need health care <laughs> that's why we debt. need better health yeah that's why i mean i feel like yeah. a universal health care system could kind of like help this especially like the opioid crisis like specifically because it did start with doctors and people like in doctors mm-hmm. especially like in like like clinics you know like urgent care clinics and yeah. stuff like that that were like they get like um like a percentage of pay like when they like prescribe these medications especially especially if they're like you know like brand name like oxycontin like was made by like was made by like johnson and johnson which is like a it's like a brand name medication it's there's no like generic for it you know which leads back to the whole like for profit exactly yeah like like, if you keep selling this then we'll give you money and doctors would just like a lot of doctors would like very like over prescribe these medications, ex- like especially like in clinics and stuff like that. And people would come in and they'd say like, oh, like, 
you know, like I fell and like I hurt my knee or like I broke my arm or something. And like it just you could just tell it like wasn't legitimate. And like that's how like a lot of people got prescribed like these Oxycontins and these Vicodins and stuff like that, because these doctors Plus, like, urgent cares are pretty, like, easy to access. No, yeah, they're, like, they're they're everywhere. So you could just, like, go up to an urgent care and be like, hey, you know, like. Yeah, like Shannon's saying. Something's hurting or whatever. I'm doing, like, an externship at an urgent care, and I'm only there for three hours in a day. And, like, the three hours, like, literally, like, one patient goes in. So, like, there's, it's empty. Like, you can go in anytime and they'll take you because they have, like, nothing to do. So, like, it's always available to you. So take advantage. Okay, that was <laughs> okay. First, okay. Said, okay, then Wyatt cracked, cracked his, his knuckles. knuckles. Okay, so Good now intro. we're gonna be um, kind of going a little bit off topic, but not necessarily off topic, and we're talking about the current twenty twenty elections. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking about the current twenty twenty elections that are going on with the Democratic and Democratic and. Democratic debates. Real quick before we do anything. Right now you can't see us because we're not recording. But then for our next episodes, we will be recording and having like like special guests. Yes. So. For sure. Okay, carry on. Yeah, and I know like Bernie Sanders is obviously has been in the news a lot with um, how like his, like healthcare is a very big focus of his campaign. And everyone's like, you know, seeing him going to Canada and stuff like that and like, helping people like buy their insulin and he's like he's very much been like one of the candidates like in the democratic field who has been on the forefront of this issue and i think like you know a main proponent of his and this is like obviously not like endorsing anyone specifically but a main proponent of his campaign is like he wants to have a universal healthcare system but pay for it by you know of it like like, I don't want to say, like, taxing the rich, but taxing, right. like, you know, like, Wall Street executives, people like Jeff Bezos, who don't really, like, haven't really paid, like, any money in taxes this year because, like, you know, corporations, like, like, most corporations, like, a lot of them don't pay, like, a whole lot, like, in taxes, which is, and like... like a de- it's not, like, a detrimental amount of money. No, exactly. Like, if, like, if they had to, like, if a corporation <laughs> had to, like like, Amazon, which is worth, like, you know, like in the hundreds of billions of dollars, yeah. like, and they had to pay what, maybe like 10 billion or 15 billion for taxes. That's like, that's nothing compared to like, you know, like the, especially just like Jeff Bezos, like the annual like revenue that that right. guy makes. Like that's literally nothing compared to like. Like 10% of his. Like of his income. income that's like, that's nothing. That's like not significant like at all. Maybe like some people's like entire paycheck. That's entire paycheck, like hundreds of people's entire yeah. paycheck. Like he's, like one of the richest guys in the country and he pays like barely any taxes, which is like obviously not okay. And like, that is one of the ways where like people ask like, oh, like how you, how would you pay for this? Like that's a very easy and simple way to cover the cost of supporting a universal healthcare system in this country. I don't know. I just kind of feel like, cause like I've been, I've kind of been delving into the issues myself with, the upcoming elections, like, not only with, like, healthcare, but just, like, in general, like, social issues, and I feel like, well, first of all, there's the whole Trump rerunning for president, which is okay. Which is a thing in itself. Okay, you know, but, like, 
I really just want like a lot of the candidates to be like focusing on a lot of the social issues I think that are more ethical been, like, yeah yeah because I feel like right now we're going through a huge ethical dilemma I guess because of this whole presidency thing the only the whole like impeachment thing yeah and, all. yeah and the fact that you know not only is our president um <laughs> like not only is he like super you know conservative about like a bunch of different like economic and like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like business yeah. issues and stuff like that. But like when it comes to a bunch of like social issues. When it comes to a social issues, about, it's a different, it's a different topic. He, it's yeah. it's a whole other agenda for him. Because it's, life. it's something that like, I know like all politics essentially affects, you know, people's day to day lives, like in different ways. But like when it comes to things like social issues that are specifically on the basis of like health and like morality and really like very ethical issues, like it's a different thing because it, it more so directly impacts people's lives and the decisions that are made. And it's like, I would just, I mean, me personally, I would like to see healthcare become like a forefront of one of those issues in the election that people would focus on and, you know, not really hear so much about like, Oh, like the impeachment inquiry and stuff like that. Because I mean, instead of doing that, they could like, you know, a lot of people could focus on issues that are going to devote their issues to like that. People are really, you know, like that are really good. That are, yeah, exactly, that are, like, urgent, like, that are really impacting people's lives. Because I feel like, like, even with the impeachment case, like, I personally, I get it why you'd want to have the impeachment case, because, like, hello, you know? But, like, I feel like it's it's just not going to happen at this point, and I feel like it's going to take too long for it to even, like, get actually processed and stuff like that. And then on top of that, it has to go through, like, the Senate, which is not going to happen because majority of the Senate is like it's it's a, and yeah I mean so it's, it's literally 50, not going to happen. Like, it's not far from a 50-50 right. split on so both sides. So I feel sides, like yeah. when it comes to like the different like debates and stuff like that, that they have, they should try and focus a lot more on like their own policy issues rather than asking about like things like oh you know what do you think about this you know do you think it's going to happen in the future and stuff like that. It's like there are issues that are happening a lot more frequent now that aren't being addressed and even if they are being addressed right now there's no like solution or like plausible you know there's like there, there's nothing coming up for these kinds of issues yeah, and for i feel sure, like that's yeah. the kinds of things that we need to be talking about because with these um candidates like those are going to be the people that represent us and that are going to help us with our you know problems and try to find solutions and work with yeah. our government, essentially. And even just so much, like, on, like, more of, like, a, a specific level. Like, yes, like, people are, like, rationing their insulin. People, there are people that, like, you know, aren't getting tested for certain STDs and stuff like that because, like, they don't have access to clinics or they don't have access to, like, you know, they don't have access to good medical care and, like, stuff like, like, all that stuff does is just, like, perpetuate epidemics and, like, things that, like, you know, like should be preventable, especially like with, you know, like vaccines and stuff yeah. like that. And like, like vaccines, like a lot of STDs that are preventable with like certain medications and like also like the issue of like insulin, just like a lot of things that like, you know, like a 21st century developed country, like the, literally like the richest country in the world should mm-hmm. not have to be dealing with. Yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that too, Ka- Kamala Harris... How do you say her name? Kamala Harris. Ka- sorry. Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris is also 
She's co-sponsored. Well, here, I'll read this. This is from CNBC. The, her basically talking about her plan, and this is like one of the bullet points. And it says, the plan does not go as far as the one proposed by Senator Bernie Sanders, which Harris has co-sponsored in by the Senate. So like in the election, she's also like pro-healthcare for all, Medi-Cal for all. So just showing like more people in the elections have to like bring up this topic because like we were saying, it's like important. It's like something you can't just like ignore. Yeah, and also like, I mean, like if you've watched like any of the debates, that's been like a main conflict obviously between like Joe Biden and Senator Bernie Sanders of because obviously since Joe Biden is or Bernie Sanders is a democratic socialist, like ethical issues and social issues like healthcare are going to be more of like the forefront of his platform. Yeah. And for someone like Joe Biden who's more of like a moderate candidate who kind of wants to like appeal to like both sides of the aisle, he's he's not really like proposing much of a change to like many of the issues that are like happening in this country. Like, I feel like with especially like Bernie Sanders, I mean, he's been like having a forefront for like all of these issues, um, like for a while now, like even in his last, <laughs> even in his last um, like run for presidency, he, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he, like he made it prevalent that like the issues at hand were like really important and he would especially talk about things like healthcare and you know even with like free education for like college and university students mm -hmm. like he's made these issues really really prevalent and that's kind of i feel like that's kind of why like he's really admired because he understands that the issues are pressing to a lot of people um and i mean especially with like college and stuff like that because like we're going yeah. into college and next university year. literally next year no yeah so like having a good you know future for us when it comes to like getting out of college like yeah. the student debt that we have to pay off like it's a really important issue which I feel like is the reason why a lot of upcoming voters are going towards Sanders or even like Warren because they understand the kinds of issues that like their voters are going to be going yeah into. and they aren't really like they aren't <laughs> afraid to be criticized right by other people and they're not afraid of like being like you know like to yeah, exactly. Like saying what they want to say or like being too far left, as some people yeah. would say. Like they're not because they're not really afraid of that because they can appeal. They can appeal to like, you know, like Eat those pathos and logos. No, that's not <laughs> it. They can appeal to everyone on like a more personal yeah. level, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's kind of interesting to see them talk about what kind of issues that they feel are most necessary and important and for a lot of the candidates to be talking about um, healthcare especially is one thing um, because it's pretty important and a lot of not only young voters but like elder voters I guess yeah. um, like a lot of their main issues are surrounding um, healthcare and like social security and stuff like that mm -hmm. So I feel like they'd be a lot more with candidates that align with their issues. And then like with the youth and how Bernie's talking about uh, with college and even with like different social issues that a lot of like younger people associate themselves with. It's like really admiring at that point to kind of like align yourself with this candidate because of the fact that he's pretty much representing everything that you feel 
yeah, important. Like, like candidates, you know, like Bernie Sanders or like Elizabeth Warren that are really like taking time to like focus in, you know, kind of like foster their policy on behalf of like the sick and the needy and the elderly and like just, you know, certain members of like our society that like just need to be taken care of. And I think that's why like a lot of like elderly voters in this election would be leaning towards those types of candidates because a lot of them are obviously living on a fixed income, which is something where it's like, if you have a job, obviously like paying for healthcare is an issue for like, no matter who you are like in this country, like obviously it's a thing that you have to deal with in your day-to-day life. But if you're living on a fixed income, like that just becomes, that, that becomes something that's like just way more difficult, you know? So um, we're kind of just going to like sum up the um, like the end of our podcast now. And um, I know like one of the things that Erica wanted to bring up was the fact of like people paying like a lot of money to get like physicals and stuff like that. Yeah. So like like I was saying, I work at the well, why I called it was the clickety clackety clinic. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'm working at the clinic. So (laughs) like people come in every like every day for like simple (laughs) <laughs> people come in for simple for for like physicals right for their jobs yeah. or like shots if they need it and like paying 120 dollars just to get like you know vital signs like check if your eyesight's fine what else um your shots are updated any of those things vaccines, vaccines yeah. yeah any of those things like just paying a hundred and like what 20 to 50 dollars for like 20 minutes of your time for something that your job like basic requires, stuff. Yeah. yeah, essentially like you know like basic stuff. And um, I was like, I mean, I think this was like probably like two to three weeks ago. I was with my mom, and she had to get um, like a lot of the reason why people like you know pay all this money to get like physicals and stuff done, and to get like you know like certain blood tests done, like like have tests run, is the fact that like if um, like if the test comes back like clean and everything like that your job like your employer usually will give you like a subsidy like i know like like a lot of teachers like they'll like if they you know spend like a hundred bucks or so to go like you know get these tests done and get a physical done their job will reward them with um like a few hundred bucks like in pay and i think like the whole concept behind that was like if you know like if um like if their health is good then that means like they won't have to take like sick time off for work so it's like an incentive to like for like a financial incentive for them to like keep up to date and then like it's like a health. cycle like having to if you if there's something wrong with you having to pay like the extra money to like you know get cured and then that's where like healthcare comes in so like if you don't have it bills <laughs> sorry that sounded weird <laughs> no, no you're good yeah so to finalize our podcast we were talking about healthcare basically how it's a big issue in the United States, like the opioid crisis, like the elections, the price especially since it's affecting so many people, not just, you know, elderly, like also children who like have these long-term diseases and parents. So you never know what like someone's story is. So No, yeah. And like also kind of like the future of healthcare and like what healthcare is going to be like tomorrow and like in the new age, like like what is going to happen to healthcare within the next like 
you know, five to ten years in this country. Because there's like no, there's no perfect system. Yeah. No, there is no. no there needs to yeah, be no system is perfect, but. I think ours definitely needs a lot more improvements than most, yeah. especially like if you look at Canada. most Canada and like United Kingdom and just most of the like modern developed world, you know. So I think with that, um, with that being said, <laughs> yeah, with that being said, um, this concludes our first podcast, the TCC podcast, our TCC podcast. Um, thank you for listening and we will see you guys on the next episode.